0: Hi, I'm Allison Boder, President and CEO of the American Frozen Food Institute, and I'm pleased to be with you today here to share insights on how the pandemic has impacted the frozen food industry and its supply chain. I'm going to share some lessons that we've learned and also what uncertainties we're thinking about as an industry. AFI represents about 150 processors of frozen food. We represent companies that make the branded products you see on the screen, as well as companies that make ingredients for those products, like frozen fruits and vegetables and frozen grains. We also represent companies, including freight and third-party logistics providers that support the frozen food industry. And most of our member manufacturing companies produce foods for sale at retail, as well as food service and hospitality. Our strategic goals at AFI are to enhance food safety, to advocate for frozen, and to help the category grow. And all of our skill sets were really put to the test over this past year as we dealt with COVID. So let's talk about COVID today and what's happening and how it's impacting the food industry today. You all know that COVID is spiking, unfortunately, again. Um, that affects food companies and every manufacturing, every business. Certainly for our companies, worker safety remains paramount. Um, The food industry continues to take great measures and invest significant resources in worker safety, both in how we protect workers as they come into the facility, when they're in the facility, and even then when they go home and back into their communities as best we can. Food companies have been diligent from the get-go about providing workers with personal protective equipment or PPE, um, uh, also uh, providing additional sanitation, providing additional scheduling, physical distancing, separating in the facility. Um, Food production facilities are some of the cleanest facilities that you can go into. So from that standpoint, from uh, food production facilities were fairly well prepared um, for COVID. Um, and, and we remain so, and especially after the investments that the industry has made. Worker safety remains paramount for the industry. Unlike uh, earlier in the pandemic, when we saw a lot of hoarding or, or stockpiling by consumers, we're not seeing that behavior now in the fall. And that's because I think consumers have a greater trust in our supply chain. Admittedly, we were challenged in the spring um, by the instant demand uh, um, for our products across the the, um, food and consumer goods industry. But we've worked through some of those demand issues, and now we're in a much better place, and uh, we're ready for this spike as it comes. So I think we're in a much better place um, generally with consumers and in the supply chain. We're gonna continue to see high demand and we're seeing it still in the frozen food industry. We're still up about 20% year over year from where we were in 2019. So the demand for frozen remains, the demand for foods that can be stored that help keep consumers out of grocery stores or lessen their uh, time out in environments where they're with others um, is a positive. Food service remains troubled. You know, um, food service, that marketplace almost came to a halt back in March. We did see a recovery over the summer, but it remains troubled, um, particularly in uh, high-end food service. Um, So thankfully, quick service restaurants have been able to recover a bit, but um, they're facing a long winter here uh, in, in the restaurant world. We're on the verge of getting vaccines distributed and that is certainly a great um, light of hope for all of us in the food industry because the food industry is such an important part of the critical infrastructure of this country. We are advocating strongly that the food industry gain access to the vaccine after healthcare workers and those most vulnerable in our society. So that is an action that AFI is taking and we do hope that workers take advantage of, having, of getting access to the vaccine. So setting that stage of where we are today, let's talk a little bit about lessons that we've learned. I mentioned worker safety, and I can't underscore that enough, that that has been all along the number one priority for our industry. In terms of preventing the transfer of COVID from the community into our facilities, preventing the transmission within our facilities, and then making sure that um, our communities stay safe. Um, And we're doing that through a lot of um, different methods. The most important tool, yes, PPE of course is, is, is one of the most important tools, but it's communication too. So it's communication to employees has been paramount in terms of making sure that employees have trust in their employers and in the methods that the, the employers are taking to protect them. That has been really, really important and making sure that employers have good tools that they can use in that education process has been an area that AFI has helped uh, members with. Another um, lesson that we've learned is about our supply chains and that we need more diverse and flexible supply chains. When I first, um, when this first, uh, I guess the, the pandemic first started affecting the supply chain, it was typical for companies to have one, maybe two suppliers of certain ingredients. And what we've seen now is a desire for companies to have three or four suppliers to reduce the dependency on any one supplier and also to increase their flexibility, to increase their geographic flexibility even of where those products, where those ingredients come from. Other areas in terms of our supply chain and that flexibility that we need are around the end market use. So back in March, we had a very, very efficient supply chain in frozen food for servicing two distinct marketplaces, food service, which included restaurants and hospitality and institutional food um, service and retail. And when the pandemic hit, of course, the food service business really came to a halt, and we had food that was destined for that endpoint that couldn't make it out into and be re-deployed um, into retail. That was a challenge. For one, the packaging sizes are different, and the package uh, requirements are different. Even when we got dispensation from government agencies on the labeling requirements, the package size was still an impediment to moving that product from food service into retail. The cost just wasn't there, the benefit to repackage those foods. It was too difficult to do that. Um, Another complicating factor was uh, around perishable foods. Perishable foods have a short shelf life. And so if those foods were destined for food service, how could we um, capture them and move them into another stream of commerce in order to uh, preserve those perishable foods? And that proved to be quite a challenge, more so than we would have thought. Part of that has to do with how efficient um, the processing industry is. For example, in frozen, Our food processors in the produce area generally contract with farmers for the product that they're going to freeze, and they do that in a very sophisticated and efficient manner such that there's not great extra capacity um, to handle this unexpected supply that uh, was available when the um, the retail marketplace uh, crashed, or excuse me, when the food service marketplace crashed. So those were examples of how we had an incredibly efficient supply chain for what was then our normal, but those efficiencies didn't necessarily transfer to this unexpected situation where demand at retail was double, triple, and demand at food service was not. So uh, certainly there's work to be done in the future to build in additional flexibilities in the supply chain. Um, Another lesson learned is that e-commerce is here to stay. It's not going away. The pandemic accelerated our use of e-commerce as a means of convenience and also not spending time in crowded areas. So that has been a tremendous boost for the e-commerce line of distribution. And I think that's only going to continue. Frozen food as a trend is here to stay. The industry has done so much work over the last five years to reformulate and innovate products that are are perfect for today's consumer when they're looking for taste and quality and uh, health, and also looking for convenience. They're looking for easy meal solutions. And so um, Frozen was already there. We were prepared for this pandemic, unknowing that it was gonna happen. Um, Add to that then the storage capacity, the the ability for frozen foods to stay frozen for up to a year and maintain all those good qualities has really been a boost. Consumers have recognized that benefit of frozen and are turning to frozen as a category. Um, I think a few other um, areas where we're going to continue to see change from the pandemic into the future are around contactless transactions we're only going to see more. Also automation. Uh, I think companies, as we look at our our businesses and where we had vulnerabilities this time, um, it was really around how do we, again, keep our workers safe? How can we also help our workers move into maybe different jobs and use them more effectively and use automation to protect the production? Consolidation is going to continue. That has been a trend in the food industry. It's certainly been in, in frozen food as well. Access to capital is important. And the ability to produce large quantities of food this spring was incredibly important in order to keep grocery stores stocked. So that was easier for larger companies to manage than it was smaller startup companies. Um, So for small companies, I think the push to merge with larger companies will continue so that they can gain access to capital and distribution. We're probably going to see less corporate travel and more remote work. The importance of uh, guidance, federal guidance and smart regulation is also something that was exacerbated through this pandemic one example of that was the need for identifying the critical infrastructure of our economy and, of our, of, um, and food being part of that. Um, that took some effort in the beginning of the pandemic and to make sure that states and the federal government operate along the same guidance to allow for efficient commerce. Um, seems like that would be an easy thing to accomplish, but it actually took um, a lot of effort and continues today to be a struggle for especially companies that have operations in multiple states. So um, smart regulation, the need for smart regulation will be an ongoing um, requirement and and, and effort certainly of organizations like AFI. So let me quickly turn to just a couple of uncertainties as we look ahead. Um, Yes, we've learned a lot from the pandemic. and as we do look into the future, what is it going to look like? When are we going to have this quote-unquote herd immunity so that we can get back to a normal? And what is that normal going to look like? In food, questions that we're asking ourselves are around the economy. What's the economy going to look like? And how is unemployment going to impact consumption? How is the government going to repay um debt for the uh, stimulus bills that have been passed and the care packages that have gone to Americans to keep our economy afloat. It's been trillions of dollars that will need to be repaid at one point. How are we going to do that? What is consumption going to look like for consumers in the future? What will be the role of e-commerce? What will be the continued role of Um, Amazon, for example, they were already an organization that we were all thinking about before the pandemic, and they've certainly proved that this pandemic, uh, they were also positioned, I guess, uh, uh, well for the pandemic and will continue to be a force um, in the food industry as well as in the entire uh, retail community. What will food service look like? You know, that's an important, um, we have a lot of, all of us, I'm sure have friends that work in the food service and hospitality industries and they've been hurt greatly. Um, Their workforces have been hurt greatly. So how will they reemerge? What will they look like? And what will those business models look like in the food service and hospitality space? So those are some questions that we're asking ourselves in the frozen food industry. And um, I hope that that stimulates some conversation for all of you over the next few days. I'd like to end by sharing that I've been incredibly humbled and impressed by the dedication and ingenuity of the food industry over the past nine months. This industry has kept workers safe, has kept workers employed, um, and businesses open to the best of their ability. They pivoted overnight to new business models. And for frontline workers, They've continued to work every day to keep food on America's tables, and I'm very proud to be part of this industry. Um, thank you for letting me probably be a part of this event, and um, let me end by saying be safe, be healthy, and please wear a mask. Thanks. Bye.